0: Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Folks entering the Zoom room now or to the folks who are joining us later via recording, welcome. We'll give folks a few moments to start entering the room before we begin. Good morning, Jeff. It's a bright, brisk day today. Nice to be gathering together. encourage you to say hello in the chat as you enter. You set your settings to everyone. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Judy. Give folks another moment or so before we officially begin. Welcome. Welcome, folks. We're glad you are here. Good morning, Perry B. Good morning, Mark, and Julie, and Brian, and Leanne, Donna. Good morning, all. We are so glad you are with us this morning. Hi, Joe and Sarah. Good morning, Abby. Oh, okay. Great to see you. Oh, family skiing. That's fun. Well, I think we can begin as folks continue to join us. So again, welcome to the Washington Ethical Society and our platform this morning. I'm Karen Schofield-Leika. My pronouns are per and pers, short for person, and I'm the officiant today. Here at the Washington Ethical Society, we value the inherent worth of every person. And as an expression of our values, we are practicing caution and presenting today's platform completely on Zoom. Platform attendance will continue to be online next week for the American Ethical Union All Societies platform and for Wes's platform on February 6th. And then after that, our reopening task force will assess the risks and benefits of in-person attendance. And we thank them very much for their uh, deep attention to the intricacies of our current situation. But whether you are watching the recording later or are live with us on Zoom right now, it is good to connect across time and space. If you're joining live on Zoom, please say hello in the chat and having your chat set for everyone, as Judy suggests, gives everyone a chance in the Zoom space to see your greetings. So please say hello, whether you are a brand new visitor, or a longtime member, a neighbor from another ethical society or Unitarian Universalist congregation, or a person who is not in any of those categories. We are delighted to have you with us. There's also a closed captioning option on Zoom that can be turned on or off as you prefer. And our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. Visitors, we especially hope that you'll say hello in the chat. And that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. That's M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. If you're a visitor watching this recording later, this invitation is for you as well. And you can fill out a connection form at tiny.cc slash WestConnects. And all of that information is in the chat as well. I'll now go back and see a few more folks have um, joined us and said their hellos. Susan and Walter uh, have joined us as well. And you might wanna get a candle to light during our candle lighting portion. Your beverage of choice, be in your comfortable seat and we will begin. It is good to connect and to share this time together. And once you're prepared, I invite you to settle in wherever you are as we continue to gather. It is my pleasure to welcome to platform today our guest speaker, the Reverend Kimberly Debus. Reverend Kimberly Debus is a Unitarian Universalist community minister based in Tacoma Park and she inspires an artful and art filled faith. She consults with congregations and religious professionals around the world. She's affiliated with the Unitarian Church of Lincoln, Nebraska, and has previously served at the Church of the Larger Fellowship, as well as congregations on Long Island and Key West. But you're wishing you were there now in today's warmth. (laughs) Kimberly, welcome to West. Thank you so much.
1: Our opening words come from Gretchen Haley. For this one moment, know only that you are loved, that you are safe and whole and loved. Know that you belong here, here among us, here upon this earth, in your body, however tired or broken your heart may be. Whatever fear, disappointment, anger you carry, for this hour know you are not alone. Feel the presence of others surrounding you, breathing with you, discovering the way our voices rise and fall together in hope. Even at a distance, feel our presence. Claim here a resilient freedom, the choice for love, for light, to live with joy and gratitude as a form of resistance. We welcome our voices together, though apart, as we hear our opening music by Ian Riddell. May I be filled with loving kindness.
0: Welcome once again. Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc readsop You can record a video of yourself reading the statement of purpose if that works better for you, or you can present the statement of purpose alongside us as we broadcast live. If you're relatively new to the community or haven't been active so much lately, it's an easy way to introduce or reintroduce yourself as well. (laughs) Today's reader is Judy Myers, who's doing double duty as chat host today as well. Judy loves singing in the West Chorus, being a member of the Efficient Team and a platform techie in training. Judy Myers, the mic is yours.
1: Okay. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders.
0: Thank you, Judy. If you have a candle with you at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Today's platform is part of our monthly theme of living with intention. And today's story has something to say about that.
1: The Rabbit Listened by Corey Dorfeld One day, Taylor decided to build something, something new, something special, something amazing. Taylor was so proud. But then, out of nowhere, things came crashing down. The chicken was the first to notice. Cluck, cluck, what a shame. I'm sorry, so sorry this happened. Let's talk, 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 talk about it. Cluck, cluck. But Taylor didn't feel like talking. So the chicken left. Next came the bear. Rawr, rawr how horrible. I bet you feel so angry. Let's shout about it. roar, But Taylor didn't feel like shouting. So the bear left the elephant knew just what to do trump tra i can fix this we just need to remember exactly the way things were but taylor didn't feel like remembering so the elephant also left one by one they came the hyena <laughs> let's laugh About it, the ostrich. (laughs) Let's hide and pretend nothing happened. The kangaroo. What a mess! Let's throw it all away. And the snake. Shh. Let's go knock down someone else's. But Taylor didn't feel like doing anything with anybody, so eventually they all left until Taylor was alone. In the quiet, Taylor didn't even notice the rabbit. But it moved closer and closer, until Taylor could feel its warm body. Together, they sat in silence until Taylor said, Please stay with me. The rabbit listened. The rabbit listened as Taylor talked, the rabbit listened as Taylor shouted, the rabbit listened as Taylor remembered and laughed. The rabbit listened to Taylor's plans to hide, to throw everything away, to ruin things for someone else. Through it all, the rabbit never left. And when the time was right, the rabbit listened to Taylor's plan to build again. I can't wait, Taylor said, it's going to be amazing.
0: As we consider the power of listening and presence, let's enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the passing of Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh and the scores of people killed and injured in airstrikes in Yemen. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. To begin our meditation time, I invite you to settle your body so that it is at ease. Slow your thoughts so that you can be fully present and take a full restoring breath. Wherever you are, whenever you are, be in this time and place as we receive these words from Thomas Rhodes. Let us enter into a time of meditation and contemplation. Feel the earth beneath your feet as it supports you. Feel the love of this community as it surrounds and enfolds you. Feel your breath as it flows in and out of your body. Listen to your heartbeat. Listen to your heart. And how is it with your heart? Does your heart feel whole, shielded by intellect? cocooned by reason, closed to feeling? Or is it broken, fragile to the touch, brimming with the pain of loss? Or has your heart been broken and healed so many times that it now lies open to the world, knowing that true growth comes not without pain, that tears may wear down barriers, that we may carry the hearts of others when our own is too heavy, even when our own is too heavy for us to bear. None of us has an unblemished heart, not one, for such perfection can be found only in death, and we who are still alive have much to heal. So let us give thanks for the broken places in our hearts and in our lives. For it is only through such brokenness that we may truly touch one another, and only through touching one another that the world may be healed. Let us give then thanks for the brokenness that we share. So ends the reading. May each beat of our hearts be a reminder of the love in our lives and each breath remind us of the connections we share. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows.
2: i uh-huh.
1: Kathleen Fleming writes this. This was my hallway last Wednesday. Broken, sharp, treacherous. This was my hallway. It was my son who did this. Sometimes, often really, things break irreparably. And it takes your breath away, straight away. It took my breath away when my son stormed into the bathroom, frustrated, angry, fed up for his very own significant to him reasons. And when he chose to slam the bathroom door, causing the heavy mirror mounted to the front to slip out of the hardware, holding it in place and crash into the floor, a million broken pieces were left reflecting the afternoon light. I was quiet. I surveyed the damage and took a deep breath, put the dog outside so he wouldn't cut his feet, put the cat in the basement for the same reason. I walked into the backyard and felt the hot tears streaming down my face. It's amazing how alone you can feel as a single parent in moments like these. I realized how scared and disappointed I felt Did this really just happen? Yes, this was real. And as I stood and considered whether or not this was an indication of his developing character, I heard his tears through the window above me coming from inside the bathroom. His soul hurt. This was not what he expected either. Hello, anger. I don't remember inviting you into my house. Scary, terrified, ashamed, worried, scared. Deep breath, Mama Warrior, deep breath. That small, fragile soul needs you right now. He needs your very best, your biggest compassion, your most gentle and firm love and reassurance. More deep breaths, go, go now. Go open the front door, tiptoe through the broken glass, hear him, hear you coming. Watch the bathroom door crack open. See the face you love most in the world, red with worry and wet tears, his voice suddenly so small. Mama, I'll never do it again, I'm so sorry. More tears, more weeping, such uncertainty on his sweet face. Go get him. Go now. Scoop him into your lap. Yes, you're crying too. Damn, this was big. Hold him tight. Watch how he curls into a ball into your arms so quickly. See how eager he is to be loved by you, to be reassured by you. See how small he still is. See how fragile that spirit is. I love you. You are safe. I'm right here. The worst part is over now. I've got you. I'm here. I love you. Go. Tell him about anger. Tell him now. Anger is a really powerful feeling. You have a right to your anger. Anger burns hot. It can purify. It can also destroy. He nods. He feels it. He's met anger now. There's a better way to show your big feelings. We'll work on it together tomorrow. I'm here to help you. You You're safe. You're never alone in your anger. You are never alone in your fears. I'm here. We're here together. Now we will clean together. And we cleaned up the broken pieces. We swept and we vacuumed. It was quiet work. It was careful work. It was thoughtful work. Sometimes things break. Sometimes we break them. It's not the breaking that matters, the how or why. What matters is how we choose to respond to the brokenness. Does it kill us? Does it throw us into a downward spiral of blame and punishment? Or does it help us remember how to love deepest? Does it push us toward compassion and over the hurdle of rightness and wrongness into loveness? Yes, loveness. Go now, get that baby of yours, teach that, show that, live that, it is called loveness. Go, now. After the anger, after the tears, they cleaned up the broken pieces, swept and vacuumed. It was quiet work, Fleming writes. It was careful work. It was thoughtful work. When things break, you can't just ignore them. You can't just sweep them under the rug. You can't quickly do the job and hope no one notices because that's how you get shards stuck in your foot. And anyway, people will notice. And just as Fleming and her son honored the truth of the broken moment, and then did the careful, thoughtful work of cleaning up, so must we when things go awry. Douglas Taylor, minister in Binghamton, New York, says the path to reconciliation must travel first through truth. This path isn't easy, but it may be comforting to know that this path is ancient, a path created when we first became humans millennia ago. Humans are messy. And we are even more messy the more we engage with others, collected as we are in various communities with other messy humans. Something that's also a tale as old as time. But it's the truth of a moment that we must indeed face if we are to make anything better. We hear this over and over in the writings of the sages over and over again throughout many cultures, over the millennia. Those who have gone before us have seen the human messiness at its worst and have tried to persuade us to something better. The Greek philosopher Plato noticed that the need to be right was overtaking the need to connect and wrote extensively about how to speak with one another that as Karen Armstrong notes, it needed to be conducted in a kindly, compassionate manner and would not bring transcendent insight unless questions and answers are exchanged in good faith and without malice. We see a similar thought from Confucius, the Chinese sage, who understood that we must bring softness and pliability and be willing to yield to one another. The Buddha took this even further, noting that when people begin from a point of their own egos, they tend to dig in their heels and leave messy things messy. He suggested that instead, they should reflect that everyone else feels the same about themselves and that a person who loves the self should not harm the self of others. In other words, Remembering that if I have inherent worth, so do you and so does everyone else. When things are broken, we return to that truth. We all come together with our own truths and must release the need to be right. And that isn't easy. As the Taoists point out, we often identify with our ideas so strongly that we feel personally assaulted if they are criticized or corrected. We tend to bludgeon each other into seemingly irreparable conflict, refusing to make space for each other in our minds. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul of Tarsus, a leader in the early Jewish mo- Jesus movement, noticed this too in the communities he was stewarding around the Mediterranean. And through his letters, we see that the humans he was in relationship with in these communities 2000 years ago were just as messy as humans in our modern communities. And we know that even the healthiest society has frustration, strife and conflict. Paul doesn't stray far from the wisdom of Confucius and the Buddha and Plato and others around the world. He too noted a lack of attention a lack of softness and pliability, a lack of space in our minds for one another. Paul connects this deficit to the lack of love and compassion. In one of his letters to the Corinthians in modern day Greece, the issues that arose were very much about the conflicts that arrive when care isn't taken to see one another. He talks about how a community will remain in conflict as long as they don't honor the humanity and worth of the other. And that to begin the hard work of reconciliation, they must consider that what is missing in their relationships with one another is simply love. Which leads to the famous love passage that we hear maybe even misused in many weddings. The passage that begins, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I want to be really clear. This passage is not about God. It is about us. It is about how humans love one another, how we should make space for all to bring our gifts, our experiences, our needs, and our ideas how we are to make ourselves soft and pliant and yield to each other's inherent worth and truth, and that none is more important than the rest. And so, to truly be in relationship with one another, we need to approach in love. And what a thing it is. Paul tells us that love is patient and kind and doesn't envy, love isn't proud or rude, it isn't irritated or pushy or resentful. No, he says, love bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is what helps mend the broken things. We're encouraged to talk and relate and act out of love, not frustration, not superiority, not fear, not anger, not trauma, not exhaustion, but act out of love. It's not easy. Love calls us to, to love the people we have known and tolerated for months, years, decades. The people we work with and struggle with on committees. The people we celebrate and mourn with. The people who delight us and annoy us. Love is what helps us navigate the conflict so we, eagerly try to, we so eagerly try to avoid, but would still show up like the broken plea Piece of glass that finds its way into the sole of our foot. And even the healthiest of people don't always get along all the time, especially when there are decades of history. I remember meeting some longtime members of a Unitarian Universalist congregation I once served. And one afternoon, I was to meet Dorothy, who had been a member for about 40 years, and then later with Caroline, who had been a member for about 40 years. Both women had served as president, worked on various committees, taught classes, led worship. They'd done it all. In my conversation with Dorothy, I learned about the seven-year span that she and Caroline hadn't talked to one another, because Caroline had dismissed her ideas, but at some point they forgot about it. A few hours later, I learned from Caroline how she and Dorothy hadn't talked for seven years or so, because Dorothy had insisted she knew better, but at some point they kind of forgot about it until an issue many years later arose, something minor about tablecloths, I think, and the long unspoken unaddressed issues rose to the surface and caused a major conflict in the congregation. This is what broken and unresolved looks like gets in the soles of your feet and it festers and it never really goes away. It would be all too easy to run away from it. Just say everything's fine and not engage in the hard truth filled work of relationship and reconciliation. But I know all too well how easy it is to ignore a conflict only to have it become an even bigger issue. Now, this isn't to say that molehills can't become mountains, even when you approach with good intent. Sometimes things are still broken after a simple apology, because to those receiving it, it seems empty and not offered out of love. And that's okay. These things often run deep, and the glass we broke was just one among many glasses already broken and untended. It doesn't matter if you broke all of it or just some of it or just happened upon the pile of brokenness. You still have to sweep. And if you care, you have to sweep it all. And thus, a response that might seem outsized to you is just what's needed. This is the work of right relationship. The apology isn't for you, even if it eventually helps you. The apology must help those who feel wronged. And it's not easy to apologize beyond what we think our fault is and where we think our fault lies. I recently experienced this and found it all too easy to get my back up, to get obstinate, to stomp my feet, to complain, and to get angry at the person that I had wronged. But if we have love... We are something. And so I did the careful, thoughtful, loving work to craft the right apology. The apology that the conflict and the person and the community and I needed to sweep up the many piles of broken glass and best come back into right relationship. And suddenly, well, there's no suddenly about it. The work of reconciliation doesn't suddenly mean everything is okay. This work isn't one and done. But as forgiveness works its way through, we stop being exclusionary or patronizing or phony. We start rebuilding and restoring our relationships. And in that way, we start restoring our relationships to ourselves too. There are so many chips and cracks and missing pieces that we hold, so many slights and microaggressions and attitudes, some we don't even recognize, and they cause our own selves harm. We carry shame and guilt, and that can make us withdrawn or more closed off or more anxious or more angry. We must make space for seeking forgiveness for our own selves, offering loveness, to our own hearts and minds, as we offer the same to one another. That is what brokenness teaches us. It's all about love and the ways it is made manifest. How can we best be present to what makes this society work? We must be thoughtful and honest and humble and kind. We must be attentive, supportive, truthful, We must face our disappointments, anger and fear and be willing to face it together in the midst of the piles of broken glass. Love helps us do that. We are invited to loveness. The sages from around the world and across time invite us to love deepest, to turn those moments of anger and fear, restlessness and frustration into deep compassion. It's not easy, is it? This loveness, truthful, careful, thoughtful, deep loveness is hard. Yet when we hear the wisdom of broken things and live love, when we have a willingness to do the quiet careful, thoughtful work. When we are willing and eager to do the hard work of loveness, we have a chance at the hard work our very humanity calls us to. The work of creating pathways for truth-telling, repair and restoration. And they are hard and deep, but these pathways are integral to living out the values we profess amongst each other and in the world. This is how we widen the circle of concern with love. So I invite you into a time of further contemplation as we listen to and maybe sing along to the quiet sounds of our hearts in Mimi Borstein's song, Comfort Me.
0: After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated for you in this platform. In this time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values we are lifting up today. Perhaps some way in which you have been broken and healed, or you have helped to sweep up the shards of broken glass. As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response.
3: Come for me.
0: All right, so who got up and danced? (laughs) This was indeed a lovely song as so many have commented about this particular rendition and we were delighted to receive it. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. Chair dancing, excellent. <laughs> I invite you to chair in the Zoom chat if you are joining us live or if the, in the comments if you are watching the recording later. So reflect on what it is that resonated for you from this these words and our time together this morning. Abby Dakin notes, I find myself thinking about the platform in light of two other threads. First, that the only actions we can control are our own. So I find myself invited to reflect on what hurt I may have caused in situations in which I feel hurt. That doesn't mean being a doormat. I can do my work and let the relationship going forward reflect whether the other parties have done theirs. Meanwhile, I'm also thinking of this in the context of social justice where I may not have done anything wrong but benefited from systems set up to benefit me at others' expense. It seems to me that what these principles look like in practice when dealing with systemic oppression will look different than when we're talking only about interpersonal issues. There's a lot to unpack there. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. Joe London wrote, fun and beautiful, and some techie did a marvelous job of syncing everyone. So I think Joe's commenting on the music and the montage of singers and dancers that we just enjoyed. Judy Myers says, what a wonderful platform. I'm still teary-eyed. What a glorious thing to have someone who could bring her whole self to holding her son in his pain. So beautiful. I wish I had such a mother. That calls to mind another part of dealing with brokenness, which is how do we contend in our own lives from the things that we lacked or the things that were there but were not good for us? And how can we heal those places? And perhaps how can we be that mother for each other, holding each other when we are angry and scared at the power of that anger and hurt and have done damage and help us repair. Perry Bider says, yes, unhealed brokenness can blow up years later. I recently was ambushed by a memory of a mistake I made 20 years ago and haven't sufficiently apologized and or forgiven myself for. Thanks, Perry. Yeah, that notion of forgiving ourselves as well. Give a little more space. This has obviously brought up a lot of very deep thinking and feeling for many of us. Leave a little bit of silence to let people continue to process and maybe add some more thoughts for a moment. Margaret adds, I was very moved by part of the meditation that acknowledged that we can shut ourselves off after hurt and brokenness. I really struggle with that, right? We feel like that's what protects us from further hurt, but maybe what it does is cuts us off from the healing and the repair and the growth. And Baker adds, it seems like that song reminds us that there's a corner of ourselves that can comfort and heal ourselves if we nurture it. Indeed. Ms. Kimberly's so well pointed out in her words this morning. It's hard work. <laughs> This reconciliation, whether internal to ourselves or with others, one-to-one or in a collective. Judy adds, Kintsugi, golden joinery, is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery with lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold, silver or platinum. I may have mispronounced the term, but Judy helpfully provided a link where in the chat where you can learn more. Joe London adds, I suspect that even the people who seem the most together also struggle with brokenness. And Sue Jacobson adds, what a beautiful platform, even more than wishing I had had such an accepting, loving mother. I wish I had been one. Hmm. Laura says, Laura Steele, one of our many Laura's, Laura Steele says, right on Judy and Karen, so much to digest here. We'll need to listen again and such a heavy heart with the passing of another amazing model, guide and guru, Thich Nhat Hanh. She says, yes, Sue, yes, affirming that thing. Abby says, all of these comments are resonating with me. It makes me think about how the hardest part of my humanistic faith is to really deeply believe that I too am worthy. And you are, we all are worthy. And we make mistakes and break things. And there are ways to hold both of those in our hearts and in our minds and in our actions together. Shayla says, I like the image of broken glass and how it may not necessarily be our fault. And we should still help with what the person needs. Great. Indeed, Shayla. You model that so beautifully for us as well as such a loving and giving person. Mark Mayer feels like the rabbit listening. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you all for these comments. I'm sure there's lots more for us to cogitate upon, feel in the days and weeks ahead as this percolates through ourselves. Informal sharing may certainly continue in the chat and in our virtual coffee hour after platform. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at WES, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Leaders Caring Fund. This Leaders Caring Fund is a grant-making fund set aside for people within the West community who are experiencing a crisis. Members can apply for grants from this fund up to one per family per year. Grants from the Leaders Caring Fund have been used for medical bills, keeping the heat on, helping a family stay housed, and similar emergencies. Your generous gift to the Leaders Caring Fund will make a concrete difference in someone's life perhaps someone close to you at WES. It's good to be part of a community where we can help each other in this way. On the slide, you will see the number to give by text, 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org or by going to the link tiny.cc slash gives, and you can find the number at excuse me, the number and the link in the chat as well. Thank you for your generosity to each other. We will now receive your gifts and the musician's gifts of music. Island Dream by Chris Hagan. <laughs> I love that we can have a very deep and tender platform with a little bit of funk there at the end. So that's great. Uh, I just wanna now share our appreciations. Thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. So thank you to interim music coordinator, Leah Morris who gathered our guest musicians, Jess Hudeman, Peter Mayer, the Phoenix UU video chorus and the West Chorus that we'll hear from shortly. Thank you to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator. Thank you to John and Abby Dakin who created our slides and to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thank you to Kristen Hunter for hosting the upcoming virtual coffee hour. Thank you to Zoom usher, host, guru, and also statement of purpose reader, Judy Myers and tech host, John Hype Pfeiffer. And thanks once again to our guest speaker, the Reverend Kimberly Devis. At the conclusion of the platform, please join us for virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups for small group social chatting. To get to the coffee hour after closing words, point your browser to tinycc hour and we'll put that in the chat a little later. Thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. You can find information about opportunities to connect in the Sunday links online, or news and notes emails. Here are some of the latest news, and it's quite a bit going on. So first note, some of our staff have some time off coming up. Communications coordinator Robin Kravitz will be away from January 30th through February 9th. So if you have items for news and notes or other communication needs, pay attention, work on it now. Please send those to Robin before this Thursday, January 27th. So that's through February 9th. So pay attention, please. Interim senior leader Lynn Cox is away today and through Friday. Our Sunday Ethical Education for Kids program, also known as SEEK, is keeping up with COVID safety standards while providing as much continuity as possible. So, changes are happening very quickly in terms of which classes are happening or not, and in what format, so your best bet is to go to the source by checking with Indara Miles and Linda Irizari. Please watch your email and the SEEK Facebook group for updates. For all age groups, please be sure your family is registered. If you aren't already receiving the SEEK newsletter, please contact Indara Miles and those contact information is in the chat. The Sci-Fi Book Group will meet next Sunday, January 30th, and the group will discuss the book Sooner or Later, Everything Falls into the Sea by Sarah Pinksker. You can contact Adam Briskin-Limehouse for more information about that. On Sundays, February 6th, and then a month later on March 6th at 1 p.m., join the combined West biology and philosophy groups to discuss Behave, the biology of humans at our best and worst by Robert Sapolsky. Chapters 1 to 10 will be covered on February 6th and the remaining chapters on March 6th. So you can read the book and share your thoughts or just come for the summary and discussion if reading didn't fit into your schedule. The Zoom link will be forthcoming as we get closer to the date. Also now save the date for the WES auction on Saturday, April 30th. It's never too early to review what items or services you might offer at the auction, and now is a great time to join the auction team, so contact Emily Newman for more information. Our next Path to Membership series of sessions begins on February 13th. Anyone who is exploring the idea of becoming a West member should reach out to Membership Coordinator, Maceo Thomas, for more details. In two weeks on February 6th, don't miss another special guest speaker, Dr. Stephen Barry. We will learn about the history of sundown towns, towns and suburbs that have intentionally excluded some racial groups in the past and for some still in the present. We will also learn how we can reach potential, research potential shutdown towns to contribute to an online public history and social justice project begun by James Lowen. That's the platform for February 6th at 10.30 at the usual link that we use here for Zoom. Um, And a reminder, we will be on Zoom still that week. Next Sunday, we will alter our platform schedule and join other ethical culture communities for the online All Societies uh, platform. So next Sunday on January 30th, we'll tune in by Zoom at 11 a.m. instead of 10.30. So no reason to be late, a little extra sleep there will be a West specific virtual coffee hour, which follows the all platforms, all societies platform. So that's a lot going on. And again, you can see the calendar with upcoming events on the West website um, and uh, certainly reach out. And I really do want to thank all of you for being part of platform this morning, which certainly enriched our collective experience. Let's enjoy our closing song of the month performed by the West Chorus. Lead with love, sing along. You gotta put one foot in front of the
3: other And lead with love put one foot in front of the other And lead with love You gotta put one foot in front of the other Other and lead with love Don't give up hope Don't, don't give, up hope. give up hope You're not alone You're not alone Don't you give up Don't, don't you give, give up. up Keep moving on Keep, Keep moving on You gotta put one, one foot Right, right the of And lead with up love the other one one, front, one foot from one foot one foot and lead with love the... You got to foot one foot from one foot, one foot. In front of the other one, one foot from one foot, one foot, lead the... oh. one foot, front, one foot front, and lead with love. The... Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes.
0: Brief reminders as we close. If you are new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. That link will be in the chat. Um, To reach the virtual coffee hour, point your browser to tinycc slash westcoffeehour, also will be in the chat. Um, Lots of little nice chats about loving the chorus performance. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding and commitment, setting intentions to bring out the best for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Thank you for being here for Virtual Platform. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. Hop on over to the coffee hour lots to talk about, and it will be good to be together in that way. Be well, stay healthy.